Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into today. Uh, I'm Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. And today we'll be getting into the latest episodes of OKKO Let's Be Heroes, uh, primarily the eight episodes that have aired over the past two weeks, from We've Got Pests so all the way to up to Plaza Prom. Uh, last time we talked, we talked a little bit about our general impressions with the show. So this time around, we'll be focusing more on maybe specifics of uh, new plot points that have been brought up in the show, uh, if it's been improving, or ha- or what changes have we noticed, and just uh, how how we feel about the show now that it's gotten even far- further into its, into its first season. So, well, me and Steve gave our general impressions of the show uh, up to the first 14 episodes. So, we'll start with Michelle here, uh, since you haven't given your opinion yet on the show on the podcast. Uh, how do you feel about OKKO OK just as a show in, in, in total? Um, it really, I warmed up to it a lot. I think especially, like, this, the last eight episodes I thought were pretty strong. Um, and I definitely <laughs> like the direction the show is going. I got, like, so many, like, weird, like, Ash vibes from KO right off the bat, and, like, his voice sounds very... This I never, like, watched Pokemon, but I saw enough of the movies, and I was like, oh. It's, like, sounds like Ash, like, a lot, though, which I'm completely fine with. I think that's awesome. Um, I really like all the main characters. I think, like, the person I'm lowest hype on on the main crew is probably Mr. Gar, but, like, that's because he hasn't been able to do much except for, like, go off and have adventures and be a little mysterious about his past and also, like, hit on Ko's mom, which is, like, kind of great. But <laughs> hopefully we learn more about him. But, like, I think Enid's awesome. I really like Radicles. Um, I also like, I really like Dendi. I feel like she might actually be my favorite character so far. Ah, uh, yes, join the Dendi bandwagon. Dendi's so good! Like, her voice oh. is so good, and her, like, mannerisms are so amazing and great, and, like, oh, and she's so, like, driven by logic, but also kind of awkward, and it's amazing. Yeah, we, we all love Dendi here. Yeah, we gushed about her, like, for ten minutes on last pod, but this oh, time around awesome. we probably... We won't be able to talk <laughs> about her much because it. she only appeared like once. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. sad. I was hoping we'd see more, but I guess they're trying to flesh out some other characters. Right. They probably consider her just like a side character. But you're right that they've done a good job of developing the main characters. Uh, I, I think Mr. Gar personally has improved a lot in these past eight episodes from where he was at the beginning. Also, I think Enid's still amazing. Yeah, K- yeah. Pretty good. Rad, like, I'm more uh, in the first couple of episodes. I'm warming up to him a little more too. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about him right off yeah. the bat. I was like, wow, okay, calm down, dude. Yeah, he's Rad. He 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 reminds me a little bit of the old the old Lars. Oh, a little. Like he's very yeah. much like into like his persona to other teens, and he kind of is really awkward around other teens or at least cool teens. So I can see yeah. that comparison. Yeah, they've definitely highlighted that, especially in Plaza Prom. Like, oh my god, uh, yes. <laughs> that, that is pretty much Lars just desperate to be accepted by the cool kids, oh you know. So, but they they do it well. Um, and uh, Steve, in particular, how do you feel these episodes compare to the to the earlier episodes we talked about last time? Do you think they're a, a stark improvement? They're about the same. How do you feel? Uh, actually, I think they're vast improvements, and I think each episode gets better than the last. Um, funny thing is, like, my, if I had to rank my favorite episodes of 
of the series, or at least the last eight episodes, it'd be the last two episodes. Oh. Mm, interesting. Um, okay. I mean, the one I really liked is um, is You Have to Care. That's a very interesting premise. Um, a little backstory. It kind of, it, I'm hoping to see more of Elordi. Elodie? Yeah, yeah, Elodie. She's she very interesting. Really cool. She's kind of complex. Yeah, she's she seems she seems like one note character, but also at the very end, it's revealed she's very complex than she was perceived throughout the ten minutes, first ten minutes of the episode. Yeah, that was definitely a highlight, and I think uh, just ha- having Enid be the spotlight. I think she's the strongest character of the three, so just yeah. having her be be the center like that helps the episode a lot, uh, along with seeing her chemistry with Elodie. Oh, by the way, questions? Do you guys ship it yet? Eden and Elodie. Yes or no? <laughs> I uh, mean, well, I can see it. Not, but... as, not as they are now, but like when they were younger and we were watching like the training montage, like I was getting a little bit of feels. Yeah, and I did think uh, when I first saw the beginning of Flashback, I pretty much thinking. She's scouting her, flying out to see her moves, see what it was, and it turned out I was right because it seemed pretty obvious what she was doing. Um, of course, you probably I've seen this a lot in shoujo mangas, so maybe for me it might be more familiar territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely and, true. And w- while we're on the topic of gay ships, we have a <laughs> "We're Captured," which uh, had Lord Botsman and oh Professor Venomous. Yes, <laughs> that that seems to be the main ship coming so out of this. So good. Yeah, no, like it was like kind of like what was up with the animation when he's shooting like the gun made out of his robotics and a daughter, and his like pectoral animation is just out of control. And the yes. guy's like, "Whoa!" Like, wait a minute, maybe we can be business partners again. Oh, you mentioned before, like. You saw like chaos like Ash. This mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of a. Uh, sometimes Pokemon have these Team Rocket centric episodes. Oh my it's god! Like, yes, no. And the, yeah, the, the robots and children. They win at the end. Yeah, so. totally feel like kind of Team Rocket. It's <laughs> awesome though. I love it. Yeah, I ship them though. Like for real, Boxman and the other guy. The other guy's like smooth. Like I can see the appeal for sure. It's like, it's like uh, he's like Toffee. Remind me a little bit. It's, yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, especially how we were comparing Lord Botsman to early Ludo in the first podcast. Oh the first my god, podcast, so. no, that's totally it, founded, yes. He's, like, such a bad villain. He's just not good at it. Uh-huh, but the two of them together are, like, a nice balance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, his name is... Uh, Professor Venomous, that's his name. Right, right. That's a good name. <laughs> Um, oh, and here. his assistant, and his assistant, remind me of, um, Lagamarine, Laga um, Aquamarine. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I mean, I actually really like the assistant. I like how protect, and like, I think she might be a little into him because when she tries to put the coat away, she like looks around and she like smells it. So like, what's up with that? <laughs> So I, I think with that that episode really stood out, and I guess that will help us to transition here. So far, we've mentioned we're captured, and uh, uh, and you have to care as like mm-hmm. some episodes that stood out. Were there any ones that that we haven't mentioned that like were really prominent to you or really made a, a stark improvement on the show? Do you feel? I think anything mentioning the mysterious past of Mister Gar 
and Carol, something happened in their past. And can I just say what I think happened? I think uh, Mr. Gar had something to do with K.O.'s dad's death. I think something happened there. He blames himself for his his K.O.'s dad's death. But do we know the dad's dead? I just know he's, like, not around. I thought he might uh, still be alive. Uh, well, we don't know yet, but I'm just theorizing there. <laughs> or, I don't know. I'm Something to do with K.O.'s dad. I think that's what the path is about. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, definitely Face Your Fears dropped a, a lot of lore compared to other mm, episodes. Yeah, for so. sure. And, uh, yeah, it is that entire uh, um, Mr. Gar's fear scene is very interesting because you also have another hero from Point, which has been brought up a bit more often in these past couple of episodes, like the, the famous superhero team in this universe. Yeah. And the fact that Carol and Mr. Gar used to work together. Uh, we have the that stupid sandwich gag. You just yeah, keep what is up over that? And, over. and then Carol is, like, riding it in, like... The game sequence. It's just like, what's so important? Theories? Well, it was Gar- it was Mr. Gar sandwich because she's like, why did you bring the sandwich? And he like dropped it, I guess. Which makes me wonder if he was one of the two people who exploded the donut shop we see like three times in the same flashback. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, St- Steve, any idea of how the sandwich connects to the great mystery? Much <laughs> mm. sure, I perhaps. Um, Mr. Gar and K.O.'s dad represents the bread, and Carol represents the uh, middle of the sandwich. Um, <laughs> okay. <a> symbolism. <laughs> mm, then what is K.O. here? The mayonnaise? I guess so. Oh, that's mm. sad. Mayonnaise mm. sucks. I, f- I, I wish know. we could do better than that. <laughs> I like to think, <laughs> though, I, I did think, though, Mr. Gar and K.O.'s dad, they kind of were, like, they were, like, really close. When they were young. I'm just theorizing because we have not met K.O.'s dad yet. I'm just trying to guess what this, when we finally get the full backstory, I'm interested to see about what happens. Right. And so but we, we are getting these, like, story elements here. But at the same time, like, we know that OKKO OK isn't meant to be, like, a plot-driven no, show. Like, say, Steven Universe yeah, or Star Versus. Yeah, we don't get impression at all. Right. So, like, do you... Let, Right now, OKKO OK is a really good show, but do you want it to go down that path, or are you fine, or would you be happier just us sticking, leaving those as like little gags throughout, and just sticking to the episodic nature? Steve and I already talked about this a bit last week, yeah. and I think I, I'm I'm happier now with the direction the show is going. That it's a little bit more plot, but it's still focusing on the humor and and just a self-contained story in each episode. But uh, mm-hmm. how do you feel, Michelle, about that? I like the balance they have now. It reminds me kind of a lot of um, the first half of Steven first season, you know, because a lot of that was just focused on like day to day things in the town, not so much the lore, but the lore was like sprinkled every like three or four episodes, which I thought was like nice. Like, oh, there's like something bigger going on here. But like, that's not the main focus. Um, and I like that as a balance because I still feel like there's a lot about these characters we have to like establish to really get to know them, and I'd prefer that just, like, jumping gung-ho into, like, some big plot from the past. But I don't know. I still wonder, and I know we're going to talk about the trailer for the finale later, but, like, I just remember, like, 
in Weird Capture, there's a moment where Professor Venomous seems to, like, register who K.O. is, and he's, like, kind of surprised. And it makes me wonder if he's, like, involved in the past concerning, like, him or Carol or, like, something, too. I have a suspicion he might be. Do you think he's K.O.'s dad? I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't people recognize him? I guess no one's really theory. seen him, but Boxman. But like, I don't know. I've been hearing that theory around. Some people have been theorizing about that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I think like something's going on. I I feel like his dad's probably still alive though. Hmm. Uh, and so yeah, we we are going a, a lot with the family drama here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So it's interesting to see if they'll follow up with that. But um, along with the, those main episodes, we also have a, a couple of episodes we haven't really touched upon yet. Uh, I guess since it's eight, so we'll probably just go through ones quickly that we don't have much to talk about. But we started off with We've Got Pests. I honestly was... <laughs> love that episode. That made my top six. Cause I oh, think really? <laughs> yeah, no, it did. I don't know what it's about. It's just like it's, it has such a like a wacky, cartoony vibe. And I really liked the three like hip, cool kids that are like tiny. I don't know why. I just like I was digging them. And I love like the fact that like Enid's advice at the end, like when they grew up, they like took it to heart and it was played like completely straight and dramatic. And it was like so hilarious to me. Yeah, so, the, the ending yeah. definitely pushes the episode so over funny. the top. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, where are they going with this? This is so much, but it was like so good. Yeah, uh, rapid time skip at the very end for other characters. I've seen that before. Um, uh, other like animes like uh, Samurai Shampoo did, does that uh, did that a couple of times. You know, when you get, got a story told from a third character from the from the from the future and same thing here at the very end you have this big time skip but it doesn't really involve any of our main characters right and they all just remember enid so fondly yeah, from 20 and like, years ago she doesn't know like that she impacted their lives and it's just like thank you now i have yeah. a family like now i've overcome using hashtags all the time it's like so <laughs> stupid but it's so great yeah that one's pretty good uh, also, I, there's like a side character, like a literal tumbleweed. <laughs> like, yes, I liked the tumbleweed too. There were just like so many really funny, like standalone things. I think that pulled that together to make it like pretty special. And it's like such a weird particular episode, but that's part of the appeal to me. Yeah, I think that one was pretty good. Um, next one we have what I think is the weakest of this batch: uh, Legends of Mr. Gar. It's like yeah. the three flat flashbacks of how they view Mr. Gar, including Crinkly Wrinkly at the end, making his first major <laughs> appearance. Um, any thoughts on this episode or, or what you came out with it? Uh, I love the theme song, Mr. Mr. Gar theme song. That got stuck in my head for a bit. It kind of wore out its welcome after like the third time. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's kind of how I felt, yeah. <laughs> well, that would make it so funny. It kept doing it. It just... <laughs> uh, a little catchy. I understand. It's not really a great like theme song, but it's just that it's just so one note is what's part of the joke. Right, it's right. In your head. Other than that, yeah, it's yeah, it's all right. You can skip it if you want. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, admittedly, Keith David doing narration as Crinkly Wrinkly is pretty good. 
just uh, Mr. Gar basically being God. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh wow. Yeah. I like want to get more hyped up Mr. Gar, but I kind of don't care about him yet. But I love how the Boxman has a connection to his past too. I love to see young Boxman. Young Boxman actually I thought was pretty funny. Like as a boy in his weird little boy getup from like looked like the 1920s or something. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Okay, this is happening. That's fine. Although if we're to believe that this is actually a true story, it kind of kills our hope of Lord Botsman having some kind of tragic backstory. It's just, oh, he was always evil. <laughs> he was, oh, he got knocked over oh. and he like got really mad about it, so he built his store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that one is, a, a, I think, a miss, but it still has some funny moments. Um, but then we move on to Know Your Mom, which I think is a good bounce back. Uh, we have uh, the Cactus Man. Oh, voiced, my God. Uh, Succulentus, voiced by Jonathan Davis of the new metal band Corn, and we have a lot of new metal <laughs> jokes in this. So many, somebody compiled them, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a lot." It was like every like other line was lyrics, which was pretty amazing during their battle sequence. I think my favorite just at the end is a coffee would really wake me up inside. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> like even if you couldn't catch the other ones, everyone's gonna get that reference. It's such a meme now. Yeah. This is also the first episode we didn't have anyone else from the plaza, none of the regulars. That's true. That's it true, focused, yeah. Uh, on Carol, really, which I guess she hasn't really had a, a main episode yeah. up to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like the first, it's like a Steven Universe episode without the crystal gem. It's like, it felt like that. Like, I really mm-hmm. liked that Brandon the Bear, like, got KO to, like, make this, like, 180 like direction in terms of a new present just because he wanted to eat his macaroni art that's like so weird brandon is a successful jerk in this brandon is a successful jerk he kind of gets his comeuppings at the very end though he does he gets like sick (laughs) off of it i also like when they're asking like well what is your mom like and it's like well she like she like drives me and she like cleans the house and she works at her job like that's just stuff she does like what does she actually (laughs) like though (laughs) yeah there were definitely some earnest moments here and uh yeah brandon is probably uh along with the succulentus brandon is the star they also keep using the shirt to joke that I think he has hungry and bad person on his shirt. At some <laughs> oh, does he? I didn't even notice. That's amazing. So, yeah, so Know Your Mom, I think, is really good. Uh, we're captured. We've already talked a little bit about it with, with Botson, but just this whole, like, trope of, uh, oh, I finally captured you, but yes. I got other stuff to do. That was, when he says, like, our, like, I think I, like, overbooked this. Like, I have this prior engagement. Like, it's my bad. It was, like, I thought that was pretty funny. I I thought it was a good reference to the old the old Batman TV show, live action show from the 60s. Remember how, like, at the end of each episode, like, part one, it always ends with the uh, Batman and Robin in a, in a elaborate trap, death trap, and the villain most of the time would always leave. And it's like, can our heroes get out of this one? Yeah, I feel like all goofy superhero shows have used this at yeah. some point. Yeah, I really, I really liked it because yeah. it does make fun of that trope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Professor Venomous, like, I honestly do like him a lot. I want to see more of him. Yeah, I really hope so too because like he actually does give off a little bit of a threatening vibe, something yeah. that Boston doesn't. So yeah. we we need that in this show, I think. 
We need higher yeah. stakes than Box Man. Also yeah. here, I, I really want to praise the music because like it's like Italian music, but then it morphs into battle music while still keeping like the Italian chef vibe sort of thing. Oh yeah. Like, just the music in this entire show is always amazing, but like that that piece really stood out to me while they're throwing pies at each other. That was oh, that was so great. I honestly I, like the the robot children are growing on me too. I'm starting to really like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, and I also love that uh, they actually got a win. They won. I mean, Boxman won for once. Maybe because they took the stakes down. He you know he didn't kill him, but he he kind of made them. Defeated at the very end, Eden said, "This is defeat." Yeah, and and I and I love the yeah I love the Boxman children too. They're adorable. Um, because <laughs> yeah, like, they just want attention. They want yeah. Their dad they just love. want to go to the dinner too. They want praise. Yeah, uh, Shannon singing really badly stood out. Oh, that was because he just like let her have free reign, and then she starts to actually sing an awful song. He's like, "Oh no!" and he like leaves them alone again to go deal with it because she can't oh. be allowed to continue with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Shannon. Um, who also is voiced by the same person who voices the uh, main character in Fooly Cooly. Oh really? Yeah, and she's That's like a crazy. rock star or something. Though. Not rock star, but she has a guitar and she's, she's like sort of like punk rocker persona. And well, I find it ironic that Shannon's just terrible singer. Maybe she liked that, though. Like, finally, I get to sing badly doing a job. <laughs> awesome. I don't Yeah, I don't think she, uh, she doesn't sing in that show, but I never actually I never heard her sing, really. I don't know off the top of my head if she ever sang in a this so, show for real but <laughs> so maybe that's her real singing voice Who yeah. knows? <laughs> maybe that is her real she just kept it a secret yeah so yeah we, we that that one's pretty good um face your fears we've talked mo- mostly about the sandwich scene but like the stuff leading up to it i think is really cool too just how they have the whole video game imagery of them as like chibi characters going through a path yeah. kind of like mario or zelda oh and the red Turn of Dendi. That's my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is our only Dendi appearance in these yeah. eight episodes. <laughs> Which is really sad, but at least we got her. Well, she makes a little, yeah, she makes a cameo in um Plaza Prawn. Right, she's in the background. Oh, but, but she doesn't say anything. I think she had a speaking part, a little bit a bitch part, but I'm not I don't remember exactly. If it was, it was very small. Yeah, but but here she contributes. Uh, she's got a, a couple of uh, of good good contributions. I like that she comes out like in a little cube, and there's like a stock sound of hooray <laughs> when she appears. Yes, it's so good. And she just like happens to know how to hack the game, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> and uh, any anything interesting coming out of uh, Ko looking at uh, Enid's and uh, and Rad's fears, or are those just expected based on the episodes we've already seen? I felt kind of like Rad's, like, getting over his fear of crying, I guess, wasn't as good as, like, um, Enid's, which seemed a little more complex. But, I don't know, what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's funny though, Enid's, like, fear has to do with customers. She doesn't really like, it. She, she likes her job, but she doesn't like to work. Which I can appreciate, don't we all, right? 
Well, uh, they use that more as like a gag, and when they're defeating Rad's fear, that like she cries mm-hmm. when, when there's a customer. Yeah. But like her fears were more about like how people viewed her, right? Yeah, like, and like who she was when she was growing up, and like the the awkward phases like everyone goes through, and how like they remember them. Like, oh god, that's like so awful. Yeah, it's it's nice that it connects to you have to care, like the flashback. But yeah. like if, if you watch this episode before you have to care, I don't think it has as much of an impact. But yeah. uh, on the rewatch, it, it makes a little more sense. Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of you know, doesn't like anyone to get close. She pushes people away, and it kind of makes sense later on. But yeah. Um, also, in uh, Face Your Fears, like, in the credits, there's, like, a sandwich just falling on the paper cutouts they have. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I enjoyed that little gag in the in the ending. Did, did, did anybody stay around for that? No, no. I didn't. Yeah. I, I splurged these all in, like, two days, so I was, like, just, like, crunching ahead for all I was worth. But that's a, that is a cool thing. Yeah, special mention to Rebecca Sugar. Her outro songs are great. Yeah, <laughs> so good! Um... Now we move on to Everybody Likes Rad, which is a pretty interesting episode because mm-hmm. like it, it starts like your standard uh, viral video fame isn't actually good sort of thing. Like I think it, like yeah. we, we Bear Bears has treated that in the past, so it's starting and to become cliche. But then it turns it into like morphs into this like typecasting thing, which actually seemed to have a lot to say about it, which was interesting. exactly. Because mm-hmm. it became more about like him being an alien and like what people would find funny about that he's like but that's like not really like how we are and i don't want to be represented in this way and then like that and then they found somebody to, to fill its place who obviously wasn't an alien at all and it's just like there seemed to be a lot of layers to this interesting yeah i've seen that before it's like he's like it's like uh it's like uh i saw and like um when you have a catchphrase, you just you just don't want to be identified by that. I've seen like heard that before, um, intentionally. Like uh, I've seen this stuff like in BoJack. I mean, I've seen them kind of do that joke. Yeah, like obviously you don't want to be identified by one thing, and but this episode it felt like it, it was trying to make a connection more to like almost like racial stereotyping. Yes, absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah, that's or, what I felt too. Or like movie tropes, because also there's that moment where the Hollywood director is like, we have the the beautiful woman and the strong beautiful woman, <laughs> yeah. and it's just the difference. The dentist one is holding a gun, gun. Yeah, yeah, and one's not. But, but like, I love that though. How I like sometimes typecast women like you don't like see it as, as individuals; you just see them as certain types, and that sometimes happens. A lot of show I see a lot, some cartoons that that are like for girls, girl centric. What are made by guys? You kind of see that problem. Yeah, it's it's an interesting take and something that I guess because of how goofy the show is, kind of came out of nowhere. But I I think it handles it mostly well. Um, there's also a couple good jokes, like uh, for example, in the script, there's stuff like Meat Morp. Uh, oh my god, the, the Meat Morp thing was really great. <laughs> yeah. And also Phone Home, you know, ET. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. I. Yeah, I want to do that very fast. Phone home. I should yeah, know that. Yeah, but there are a lot of little gags in the script there, just like you know your classic alien lines, and uh, we also just at the end they they're just throwing the movie into a volcano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of a weird way to end random, that episode. But... Yeah. I never, yeah, never really been that big of ET fan. I've seen the movie, but I'm not like a total fanatic fan of it. Like I am, like movies like 
like Back to the Future. I kind of like that one a little bit better. <laughs> Michelle, what's your favorite alien movie? <laughs> alien. <laughs> that's alien is your favorite alien yeah. movie? Yeah, that's okay. the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those uh, aliens are the best of Xenomorphs. They're, like, really terrifying. I'm a little mad now that they're trying to get into, like... Where did they come from? Are they related to humans? Because the fun with them is the mystery. You don't know what they are. You don't know why they exist. But, like, that's awesome. We don't need to know more. The more you know, the less scary it's going to be. Did you Did you see Predator vs. Alien? Oh, my God. I saw, like, the first half of that movie. That was like, this is ridiculous. I kind of liked it, but not because I thought it was a great movie. Just because it was kind of, like, a lot. No underrated, really, so bad, it's good movie. Mars Attacked. That's so terrible, but it's, in a way, it's terrible is what makes it good. Let's just say on behalf of Rad, aliens deserve better than Mars Attacks. <laughs> You've seen this movie too. Uh, I've seen parts of it. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so so um, after that, we have a, You Have to Care. We've talked a little bit about Enid and Elodie, like their relationship and how it feels a little bit more complex at the end than it is working up to it. I have but, a question. Yeah. I want to know Elodie's voice actress. Is she and um, the voice of Eren, Eden have any connection? Do they know each other? I kind of wonder. I'm Ashley Birch and this voice actress of Elodie. Because I think they, if they did, if that would be good casting if they could find someone like that. Well, I, I don't think that's ever really a consideration in casting, but I do think that they do have good chemistry together in the yeah. in the show, especially like when they're becoming friends and all. Like, uh, you, and then at the end, Ko makes that observation. Well, were you friends before you found out about the contest? And it's like Ian is like, yeah, I guess we were, and and mm-hmm. it shows in the flashback, right? Yeah, like, the necklace scene was actually, like, really sweet. Like, it seemed very genuine. That's one of the parts that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think about the fact that she still has that after all these years? Do you think that she was actually there just because? Was she going back to find Enid? Or, wh- or like, what is her idea of Enid at this point? I think it's complicated. I think she was being honest before when she said she didn't have, like, a best friend before. I think Enid is probably the closest she's ever had to that, but she also knows she, like, was awful and left things really badly, and she doesn't know how to not be, like, the person she has been acting like. Like, I think she wants to be better than that, but she doesn't know how. So I think it's, like, it's, a, it's like, mixed feelings. Like, she wanted to go back, but she knew how to not be awful about it when she actually saw Enid again. I thought, I thought though, Elodie's plan in the beginning all was originally she was just going to scout and use her and then as she got to know her they actually became friends for real but then it got to a time when she had to go through her original plan and she didn't really have to like tell you off at the end at the flashback i think that was her mistake but you know i think it's a case of this was my original plan i gotta stick to it and she kind of regrets it now so you do think there's there was something a bit uh, ulterior about uh, uh, about Elodie's motives in the very first scene when she was watching Eren Enid's you know fighting skills. I think originally her purpose was to scout her out and maybe use that at a later point. That was her original plan, and then they bonded, and then they became friends for real. And that's what I think. That's my theory. 
Interesting. Yeah, I think that's totally possible. I mean, it's it's hard to tell what LOD's perspective is because the only like glimpse you get of like how she might actually feel is when she's leaving at the very end. So, yeah, hopefully we get to see that relationship fleshed out a little bit more, though. I hope to see her back again. Maybe at some point they have to maybe be trapped in a place or something and have to talk this out. Like, be forced to talk this out or have some little mind control thing or something. Where they have to. Whoa, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk it out, or maybe there's mind control. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about maybe, like, uh, a chapter by a villain or something who's, like, who makes you, like, say your innermost thoughts, what you really feel towards a person or something. I'm just thinking of ways, creative ways to develop this story. Uh, yeah, definitely we, we need more LED. Yeah, uh, just, more just, just before moving on, just to answer your question, Steve, uh, she was voiced by Reshma Shetty, who uh, seems to mostly have live-action uh, um, live drama experience. Uh, she's appeared on Pure Genius, Royal Pains, and 30 Rock. So I don't think she has any relation to Ashley Birch, but she oh. does a good job voicing here. I think. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I think so, I thought it could have been something like, you know, how, like, the voices of, Craig and Marty from Steven Universe, they have a real relationship, you know, you know, they know each other before Steven Universe. That's what I thought maybe they're going for here, because this does have does have like a Greg and Marty feel to me a little bit, except, you know, I don't think Elodie is as bad as Marty. Marty's one dimensionally bad guy. Elodie has a little depth to her depth to her. Yeah, and I think they've definitely left the door open for, like, a redemption thing to go on yeah, ability later on. Yeah, I think on. so, too. And so we ended this group of episodes with Plaza Prom, which I, I think the overall word for this is just cute. Like, just see, the seeing all the people. The dancing was cool. The dance-off was a fun time. How about the the music? The part when, when Eden had to do, like, the sell out the mainstream. oh my god yeah what was it called like mainstream trash that was so good i love that and the next well, one was like good music it was so amazing for, for a rad episode eden kind of really got some of the funnier parts i'm sorry you're making a mistake her name is dj fireball get it right DJ oh Fire- yes dj fireball <laughs> this is very important <laughs> But yeah, also, uh, I think Raymond here is a huge improvement from his first appearance. Uh, in, in his first episode, I really didn't dig him, but like here he just dives all in on being suave. He like gets the Elvis Presley jumper in. He's so and, good. Yeah, I, I, I love so him good. now. Yes, I love him too. <laughs> yeah, and, and also we have... Um, we have the background of uh, of Brandon and the skeleton guy pretending to have Lying dates. Lying about and, dates! And the, yes. <laughs> in the end, they give each other corsages. Do we ship that as well now? <laughs> they like, oh my god, like they were committed to enough to realize that they both bought corsages. I think that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll ask you how K.O., he's at the age, he was not like embarrassed or ashamed to have his, his mother mom? be his date. Yes. That was really great. And the mom's just like, oh, of course, that's so sweet. Like, she's down with it, too. And also, speaking of Carol, uh, Carol and Gar finally ha- have more than two <laughs> lines of dialogue to each other. Oh, it was so sad when he, like, had, he only knew how to say one line over and over. And she's like, are you, like, okay, dude? And then she just leaves him alone. <laughs> He's not having a good time. It's scary. And the funny part is that is an improvement because I think that's the yeah because he couldn't talk to her at all. That's the thing too. Like when we're talking about 
when we talk about point, like, if something went down that he feels guilty for, Carol doesn't seem to, like, hold a grudge against him. She just, like, she seems perfectly amiable towards him. So, <laughs> I wonder. Oh, <laughs> uh, do I have one of the future episodes is titled Second First Date. Hmm, I wonder what that could be about. Could that be about uh, Mr. Gar and Carol have something to do with that? Then- Ooh. Well, it's we possible. have several relationships going on. We, can yeah, we have a all, lot of relationships. Also, at the end of this, we have, like, um, Rad hanging out with the strawberry lady. Do we think mm-hmm. there's anything there? Maybe. I mean, just like, oh, you're, like, actually a good dancer. We should hang out more. Also, let's take a selfie, which is probably the teen <laughs> equivalent to, like, I don't know. <laughs> getting the number but, now? Like, who knows? Yeah, I, I want to be seen in public with you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm willing to, like, establish that we hung out to all of my followers. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that the, this episode, well, well, maybe not the best, but I think it's a it's a nice bow to the uh, this latest batch of episodes. Just, like, getting all our characters involved together, and I think that they've all improved o- over the course of these last eight. Yeah, uh, I think so. so. Yeah, very great. Mm-hmm. I have a and, I have this idea. I have this idea. A future episode I'd like to see is how about if we see a Erend, Elodie, and Shannon episode, all three of them, stop strapped in one place or had or or the or the two humans have to fight Shannon or something. Yeah, Shannon seems like the odd girl out here. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see her yeah. play a role in the next Eden and Elodie episode. You know. They're all about the same age. I think that'd be kind of a neat idea. Well, we, we do actually have some future episodes to talk about. Um, we don't have a high quality recording available on YouTube, but we do have a trailer for what's being described as the two part season finale on September 4th, uh, Labor Day. And it, it shows uh, uh, something that we haven't really talked about. Uh, um, KO's like evil essence uh, coming out in that uh, in the in the nightmares episode. Oh, it yeah. Seems that, it seems that that's going to be treated in this season finale, and there's also a shadowy figure. That like, has to be, like, what's-his-face venomous dude, right? Like, it looks like him. That seems to be the leading theory, yeah. 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 I kind of see you go, my theory, is if he would tell KO that Mr. Gar had something to do with whatever is responsible for his dad's disappearance or something, or and that might just set Kale's darkness out of him. You have to wonder, because we're, we're so soon into this show, do you think yeah. that we're going to dive right into this, or is this going to be like just another little little detail that doesn't really affect uh, K.O. that much beyond this episode? Yeah, it could be something that they like bring up to for like us as an audience to be aware of, but to not have like a really big focus on it until much later in the next season. And it's probably just a teaser of what could happen down the line. It's a little early to do to really get into the to a to a main plot if there is one. Right, right. So, but yeah, it does look like the, while it's still staying episodic, it does feel like they're diving into plot elements a little more than they were mm-hmm. in the first fourteen episodes. So that yeah, that's definitely a good hook for for us to keep watching. Definitely. And um, also, along with that two-part season finale, it, according to TV listings, it seems that we're going to have a, a two other episodes on September 1st. Um, second first date, uh, as uh, Steve mentioned, and one last score. I mean, that could be anything. 
But yeah, so we we still have a couple of episodes to go before we wrap up this uh, this season. But I, I think we all agree, right, that OKKO is improving, I think, by the week, I feel. Yeah, it's definitely getting stronger. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, do you think it, it can ever get to a point where, like, it surpasses, say, the, the or it enters the top tier of animation that we cover here, like Steven Universe, Star Versus, or, um, uh, Adventure Time? Do you think it can ever get to those levels at, at, in this style, or is it just going to be like a a fluffy show that we'll have fun watching but doesn't really have that much in it i mean i think that's such a relative like i feel like when we when we on this podcast tend to rank shows in terms of quality we really like things to like you know be kind of deep on some level and to have like an overarching plot but like not every show wants to do that and i don't think every show should do that like to an extent like that's kind of why i liked adventure time it wasn't super concerned about that kind of thing for a while it just like was its own thing um so i i don't think it'd be fair to say like it's not as good based on that criteria alone but i do think it seems pretty comfortable like just being fun for the sake of being fun and like developing developing his characters outside necessarily of plot related stuff. So I don't know. I like it I like it pretty well. It's funny you should mention Adventure Times. It's just the show I was thinking of. I'm thinking probably a better comparison would be Adventure Time than like Steven Universe or Star. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Adventure Time took a lot longer to introduce the like serious plot elements in like those first two seasons, I think. We're pretty much in this style, like very fun and uh, not really concerned with uh, with advancing like universe uh, or lore yeah, like and things like a that. Deeper like connection, yeah. Uh-huh. But it was a fun show, and I agree that this show's entertainment value is really high right now. Like uh, I, uh, there are very few duds in the episodes that we've covered so far, and I think there are laughs in pretty much every ep- episode. Yeah. No matter what. And I like the style. Like, it's hard to really, like, describe the vibe sometimes as it changes. But, like, it just, like, feels like such a cartoony cartoon in a way I've kind of missed a little bit. So I really like that about the show, too. <laughs> yeah. I just wish the animation was a little more consistent. But other than that, it's it's great. And it's interesting because I think for some that's part of the charm, the fact that it's yeah. not, not consistent. I, I right? like that uh, it's not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, it, it's, it is a unique look, and I think one that I've gotten used to. And the first couple of episodes is a little wonky, but I think right by now, like, the, it just fits the tone of the show as a whole, the fact that it just bounces all over the place with it, yeah. how it looks. I'm and there's sh- so many side characters that I honestly think are, like, pretty funny. Like, there's a lot of them already. Mm. Oh. Well, as long as we get more Dendi, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> yes, more Dendi, more of that cool like girl gang. I like them a lot too. I I just yeah I agree. I love, love all the characters, but Dendi especially. <laughs> maybe Dendi maybe. No one's disagreeing with that. Dendi is like fave. I would say Dendi maybe accidentally do something that causes conflict. You know, you know like an accidental villain. Steve working hard with the future episode ideas. Good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Qu- serious question about Dendi, though. Do we think Dendi is going to be, like, the Connie of the show? And by that, I mean, is she going to be, like, K.O.'s, like, developing love interest slash best friend? 
We talked a little bit about this last week. I think that they they can head in that direction, but like it, it not for a while because right now she's just very she just enters to be like a technology technology person. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Steve, you you're, uh, you you talked about like there being a jealousy plot coming later. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can see her. Doing I hope not. Those girl. are so Don't tried, and we've seen it so many times. Do we really need that? I feel <laughs> like Dendi's though, above that what... kind of silly trope. The one thing I don't I have to question though is Dendi. To me, Dendi looks a lot younger than Ko, so I am not sure exactly. They're in the same uh, class though. They're in the same I grade. Know, I know, but she's smart enough. She could have skipped a few grades. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably could have, for whatever reason, she mm. didn't. But uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll we'll see more of uh, Ko, Enid, Rad, and Dendi. Hopefully in the in the next <laughs> couple of episodes of OK Ko, Let's Be Heroes, and uh, you'll be able to hear more about this show as it continues to develop uh, here on Overly Animated. You can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com/overlyanimated. Uh, we want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Mitch, aka Fever Mitch. And uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon ex- executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and yours truly. Uh, so, any final thoughts before we, we leave here? Excited for Labor Day. Oh, just just give me more Dendi and more Elodie, <laughs> and I'm all set. Also, coming soon, next week or two, the next Little Witch Academia podcast coming up. Just want to give that a plug. Okay, good, good. Well, may, may, good maybe with the anime influences, there might be some crossover. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. yeah the, definitely. The, uh, we're going to keep following Little Witch Academia. We'll keep following OKKO. OK so that, thanks for and listening. DuckTales. And, and DuckTales, too. <laughs> and DuckTales. And Steven Universe and Star Wars so and The Force of the Evil Bojack. and Bojack Horseman and Rick and Morty. Oh, my God. Every show. So many good shows. I'm so happy. Yes. So we'll cover all of them, and uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.